Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's great being in in God's house this morning, isn't it? Great being together, great being at the family of God. So just welcome this morning. If you don't know me, my name's Dave, I'm one of the leaders here and it's just a privilege to be able to open up God's word this morning. Um, if you're a guest, a special welcome to you today, and if you're tuning on the podcast too, welcome as well. And it's not too late, We're, this is part five of a series, summer series, it's called Just a Thought. And what's happening during this series, we've just asked those that are speaking just to share a thought of what God is speaking to them personally about, to share with the wider church that can help and encourage the, the wider church. So that's good, isn't it? And we've heard various things. Um, l- last week, Leanne spoke about guarding your heart. That was a really timely message, wasn't it? Really well communicated. And I think she had a lot of comments back from that of how it was really helping other people during that. And during life groups this week, we, we looked at that a bit further, asking questions. And we had a very sort of good, well, excellent, lively discussion in, in Stephen Kate's life group too. Really good. I'm going to come on to that in a little while. Um, but I don't know about you. Who here loves films? Movies. Okay, who, who here likes the action films? Maybe a few guns, you know, a bit of, you know. Who here likes uh, rom-coms? Romantic comedies? All the, all the ladies' hands are going up. Okay, who here likes a good comedy? Good laugh-out-loud comedy. Yeah, brilliant. I, I love all those. I love, I particularly love, I love comedies. They make me laugh. Um, I love a good action movie, and I've got a, a guilty pleasure to say this morning. I even actually like—I can't believe I'm saying this—and people are listening. I even like a rom-com. Yeah, yeah, I've said it. I do. I do. I do. I have to be in the right frame of mind. But um, if Leanne wants to watch a, a rom-com, you know, as long as it's funny, because it's like r- not just rom. I want rom-com. There's no point just having rom. I don't want just romance. I want romantic comedy. It's got to make me laugh, you know. So, um, and Leanne has shared this before, but on my birthday, which was in March, okay, Leanne was going to take me to the cinema. We had a babysitter. We were staying down in Dorset with my parents, which is fantastic. And uh, she said, you've got two options. It's either a rom-com, My Greek Fat Wedding number two. Okay, who's seen My Greek Fat Wedding? Okay, it's about a, Preparations of a couple of people getting married, and it's in Greek culture and very chaotic, a bit like Leanne's wider family who are Italians. Um, okay, and uh, so I thought, well, I enjoyed the first one. The second one might be okay, but the second choice was <clears throat> action. It was Batman versus Superman. Who's seen Batman versus Superman? Yeah, okay. So to be honest, there was no contest. My, Greek, my big fat Greek wedding. No, no, no. It was Batman versus Superman. And um, so these two films were going on at the same time. And Leanne says, well, it is your birthday. Go on, let's watch that. Anyway, Leanne doesn't like tense films. <laughs> she, she really hates tense films. And uh, I, I don't know if you've seen this film. It is really tense. It's basically Batman, a superhero, versus Superman, a superhero. And they're going to fight each other. So who's going to win? And then eventually, I'm not going to tell you any more about the story, but it's really, really tense. It's a bit gritty and tense. And at one point, 
I can tell Leanne is getting really, really tense. And I, I actually, she, she, I think she was about to walk out of the cinema. I could just tell. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't a bad movie, but it was just like, she hates things really tense. And she said afterwards, I was about to walk out and go back and watch my Greek fat wedding. But she, let, she stayed with me on my birthday because my birthday treat. So that was a really, really, um, it was a good film. I, I didn't like the ending, but I'm not going to tell you the ending. Um, but it was a great film, worth a watch if you're into superhero action movies. But whatever you, movies you like, they do get our feelings and emotions, don't they? Whether they're comedies, laugh out loud, whether they're suspense drama or, or action movies, or you know, they get our emotions. And our emotions are very powerful. And the title of this talk today is, is called Action. And um, in life, you know, we, we, things grab our emotion. We were talking in Life Group this week. Um, about guarding our heart. And the topic of the conversation went on to this image, which we'd have seen um, around the world on our, on, on our TV screen, social media, over the last couple of weeks. And this, um, if you didn't know, this is a five-year-old lad called Om- Omran Dagnish. And he's pulled out the rubble of a building that was um, obviously bombed in Aleppo in Syria. And this, this image just caught the heart and imagination, not just of, of that country, but literally globally. And within 48 hours, apparently 3.4 million people had viewed the video. And countless others had seen the images. It had gone, it'd gone viral. It had gone set all the trends. Because when we see things, he, he, was, he was fine. He was okay. But it was like a, a real... This, he was just... He was in shock of what had happened. Literally, this, literally about a minute after he pulled out the rubble. And he was just touching his head. He was just, you know, obviously he's got blood on his face. But he was, he was fine. And he was saved. And when we see these images, they capture our hearts and our emotions, don't we? And I don't know about you, but you, you think, what can I do? What can I do to help? But our conversation life group also went on. And sometimes we see these images. And because we see so many of them, we can become desensitized to them. It means we see so many, it doesn't always grab our hearts and our emotions perhaps as they should. And being desensitized isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's because we're just inundated on so many multimedia levels and, and, and images and videos on a constant um, basis. Information is almost like information overlay, overload. But our emotions are so powerful. Our feelings are powerful. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we, we live by our emotions, don't we? We live by how we feel. And that's not always a good thing, is it? It's good that we enjoy a bit of laughter. But if we live by our emotions, our emotions can get the better of us. Maybe you're in a, a, a marriage this morning and, and, you know, I know, maybe your partner has done something to upset you. Well, you've got a choice. You can either get in a mood or you can sulk the whole day and not talk to them or... You can choose to forgive. Maybe um, in, a, in a friendship relationship, someone's just really done something and it's wound you up. Well, you can either ignore them for the rest of your life or you can choose to forgive. We've got choices all the time and we're battling our, our emotions and our feelings. But if we're a Christian here today, God doesn't want us to live by our feelings. But let's be honest, many times we do. Isn't that right? Whether we're a Christian or we don't have yet a faith in Jesus Christ, we can live by our feelings and our feelings can rob us and get 
the best of us. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt or lived like that, where your feelings are getting the best of you? And they're perhaps robbing you of some joys or reconciliation or getting the best out of relationships or just life in general. Well, God has got an answer for all of us. He really has. It's found in his word. And, and I want to just share a few thoughts on, along this thought of action this morning. And uh, I'm so glad that God's word can speak to us. And I've just got this thought just to share with us today. And it is simply this. Don't act on your feelings act on your faith. There's nothing profound. Many of us would have heard this before, but God would say to us all today, don't act on your feelings, but act on your faith. And we're going to see in the moment of, about how a, a nation wasn't acting, well, the majority of the nation wasn't acting on their faith. They're acting on their feelings. And God wasn't really very happy. Do you know that God, we just, God is so loving and loves people. And sometimes we leave it at that. But sometimes God can get cross and get angry and want to see a change in behavior. So if you want to read this in your Bible, please turn to Isaiah chapter 58. The scriptures will come on the screen and we'll just take it from there. So So Isaiah 58. Isaiah is a, um, is a prophet. A prophet is someone who speaks on behalf of God. Often speaking to God's own people at the time. It was the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. And God speaks to prophets today, to the church, Christians, not yet Christians. And this, this was at the time God had sent judgment on the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel wasn't following God. So there was judgment. And... Uh, what happened is the Babylonian um, Empire had literally cap- take, taken captive and taken captivity into Babylon, the majority of the Israelites, leaving just a few, a remnant, back in Jerusalem, back in Israel. And now this is in chapter 58. Now this is about after the rest of the nation of, of Israel have come back to Jerusalem. So now the, the Israelites have been regathered back in their homeland in Israel. And God says this. This is God talking to Isaiah the prophet. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. So he's saying to Israel, and this is is chapter 8, but this follows on from chapter 7. In chapter 7, God is not happy. And so God is continuing. And now he's saying to Isaiah, now I want you to tell my people, I am not happy with the nation of Israel back in those times. He says, shout it like a trumpet. Be very clear. Shout it like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. Now, before we give Israel a hard time back then, who here has ever done anything wrong? I'm sure if we're all honest, we've all done things wrong, yes? So we can't, let's not give the nation of Israel in this time a hard time. So what's happened? Let's have a look. For day after day, they seek me out. Hang on, Dave, surely that's a good thing to seek God. They seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. This sounds good. There's a nation wanting to seek God, wanting to know his ways. As if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commandments of its God. 
They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have they fasted? Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Those don't know, as, as Christians, at times we will pray, but at times we will have times when we go without food to fast, to say, God, we want to, we mean business. We want to draw close to you. We want you to move on our behalf. We, wanna, we see injustice in the land. And here at that time, they were fasting. They were praying. They were seeking God. Isn't that a good thing? But God's not pleased with the where they're approaching things. God's not pleased with their fasting. I wonder why. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. You see, in the nation of Israel, they had different workers or, or different people that were, were perhaps working for them as slaves or, or helping them out. And they would keep the religious festivals. They keep the times when they're meant to fast. And as it were, on the outside, they would, they would go to the temple. They would, they would pray. They'd do their duty. They would fast. They'd mean business with God. But at the same time, at the same time, they're causing, they are causing huge injustices. They're exploiting their workers. God's not happy about this. Their workers, one, one moment they're doing things that seem, quotes, godly and, and religious. The other time they're doing things that are just, even a non-religious person would, wouldn't do. Exploitation. And on the day of fasting, they'd have quarrels and arguments and even fall into fights. And God is saying to this nation then, you cannot continue like this. Let me just pause there. Again, before we give this nation of Israel at this time a hard time, I ask you a question. You don't have to answer me. And I ask myself this question. Have we, in one moment maybe, attended a church service? On the outside it seemed good. But maybe at home everything wasn't kicking. It wasn't so good. Maybe we were having quarreling and arguments. Maybe we were, which is natural and, and happens. So not, we're being real. But on one side, we can externally be, like, have it all together and be religious. But on the other side, in the secret place, it's not quite going according to plan. So let's not give them a hard time. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen, said God? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is he saying, are you only going to fast and humble yourself just one day and then get, get back to your normal lives? Is it only a, a, for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? And here comes the revelation. God says in verse 6, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice. God's saying, don't just fast and do the religious stuff attend a church service but where you see injustice do what you can to loose those chains to untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke is it not to share your food 
with the hungry. Israel, there's people in your midst who are hungry that don't have enough to eat and you're turning a blind eye to them. Is not this the kind of fast says God that I've chosen that you share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Have we ever, as we've walked the streets and we've seen someone maybe begging cross the street? Now we've got to be wise. It's not always about giving money to everyone that asks for money. But it's about the heart. God sees the heart. God says, if you do that, if you remove that, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. See, the people here are, are calling out to God, but God seems to be silent. God seems to be not answering their prayers. Does ever God seem like that to you sometimes? Where you're calling out to God, but God seems to be silent? There can be many reasons for that. But very clearly here, one of the reasons is they're not living the life that God intended. They weren't living a life of action. Verse 9, and you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. Isn't that great when you and I ask of God, God, would you help me? And God helps us. It's a wonderful privilege knowing that God is looking and God is answering. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, so that they were also pointing the finger and ridiculing people, but they were also slandering different people, God hears and God sees nothing. Is that right? God hears and God sees absolutely everything. I love in Thelma's house, she's got on the wall, God is the... Silent listener to every conversation. It's true. God sees and God hears absolutely everything. And in verse 10, God continues by saying, and if you spend yourselves. Everyone say, everyone say spend yourselves. If you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then, then your light will arise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and he will strengthen your frame. God is saying, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to satisfy you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to provide for you. Oh, marvelous. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Jerusalem had been ransacked, had been ravaged. And now God is saying, if you follow my ways, you're going to restore this place. You're going to be restored, not just for relationships, but the foundations and for many generations to come. God is a generational God. God is looking, God is hearing, God is responding. But he wasn't happy this day. He wasn't happy. And we hear that and we read that and we think, God, what do you want to say to us? And I've been reading that and thinking about that 
this week. God, what, what are you saying to me? And I see the images of, of that young lad. And I, and I think, well, God, I can think, God, it's yet, just yet another image. It's just yet another image. Or you see a campaign on TV. Oh, it's just yet another campaign of people wanting my money. God, what is it you're trying to say? Don't act on your feelings, but act on your faith. And the nation of God at this time, the people of Israel, were acting on their feelings. They weren't acting on their faith. They weren't doing what God required of them. They were just living their lives and doing what they wanted. And then they were doing the religious part and hoping that God would see and God would still hear their prayers. It's a bit like with, with children. Like God, God is a loving God. God loves us so much, doesn't he? God loves. But God is also conditional. And with our children, if, 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 if they're doing things that are right, I want to reward their behavior and, and, and encourage them and champion them and say, you're doing brilliantly and, and, just, and bless them with things. Like an ice cream on holiday and various things, you know. But if they're, doing, if they're not, not doing as they're told, if they're not listening, then we have to, as a parents, we have to train them and bring instruction and, and correction. And so it is with God. When we're not doing what God wants us to do and acting on our feelings, then God will want to bring correction to us too. So what are some things? We've heard about the nation of Israel, but how does this apply to your life and to my life today? What are some things that you can do today on the back of this? First of all, understand that faith without action is useless. Faith without action is useless. You see, we can come on a church service and we can worship the Lord and it's good because we're gathering and we're doing what God wants us to do. But there's got to be action with our faith. Our faith cannot be passive. There has to be action that affects the lives of other people. There has to be action. James says it so clearly in James chapter 2. In verse 14 he says, What does it profit, my brethren, if... If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? There's also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works, show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. James says very clearly, faith without works is dead. And church, we need to be a people that are, have faith, but also people of action. Some people get it the wrong way around. Some people think that they can earn their right with God, earn their relationship with God by doing good things. No, it's faith and it's works. It's faith and it's action. We can't come to God God loves us, loves all of humankind, but he wants us to come into that relationship. And it's not by our own good works, it's by believing in faith that Jesus died for us and wants to have a relationship with you and I. Isn't that amazing? And once we've got that faith and we're growing in our faith and our, our maturity with him, he wants us to outwork our faith. He wants to put legs on it and he wants to take action. Faith without action is useless. 
You see, in, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus was asked, what are the, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus, referring to the Old Testament, says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He didn't stop there. That's God would. He then said, the second is, is like, also, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. On all this hang the law and the prophets. Some people think we're, in the, we're not in the Old Testament, we're in the age of grace, which is the New Testament. But the New Testament, so much, the, 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 the level is even higher. It's even higher. Love your neighbor as yourself. Or as Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 7, do unto others as you would have them do to you. If we all decided just to even do that, <laughs> wouldn't that, our relationships be better? Do to others as you would have them do to you. In speech, in conduct, in thought. Wow. Faith without action is, is useless. The second thing we can do is understand some of God's actions are conditional upon our actions. Some of the things that God does, there's an if. There's an if and then then in Scripture on so many different occasions. Do you know what? If you're, so if you're a Christian here today, okay, if you're a Christian here today, so if you're not, not yet a Christian, you're off the hook on this one. If you're a Christian here today, if you don't forgive other people, neither will, Jesus says, your Father in heaven forgive you your sins. Wow. That doesn't mean letting people off the hook. It means forgiving. Choose to forgive. God was saying to the people of Israel there, because you're not doing the right things in action, outwardly, you're not doing the right things of what I want, I haven't heard your prayers. Our prayers can be hindered. Yeah? If we're not living as God wants us to live. And that's, that doesn't mean we're perfect. None of us are perfect. No one is perfect. It's having our hearts say, God, I want to do the best. I want to live my life by how you want me to live it, by actions. So it's conditional. Also, God says, but also you reap what you sow. Judge, don't judge, and you won't be judged, the Bible says. Paul writes, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. We often use that in the context of finance and giving, but it means whatever. Have you ever noticed that sometimes in life things go full circle? Maybe in life? Reflect on maybe how you're living your life and what you're doing to other people and see if it's coming back to you. Maybe I, I've seen in my life, maybe some things that I've done to others that haven't been always great, I've seen that come into my life. And I think, wow, yes. So they have to deal with that, deal with the root of that, deal with the cause of that and say, no more, Lord. Law of sowing and reaping. Some of God's actions are conditional upon our actions. And God wants your action to be one that just says, God, I want to just do the best to please you. Do the best to please you. And finally, we need to take action. We cannot listen to a message like this and, and not take action. We've got to take action. And I love in the things of God. I love the fact there's always, always a next step. There's always something that you and I can do to progress. Not to earn our right with God, but to, to please God. To grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And I love in verse 10 of Isaiah 58, God says, when you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, it means when you pour out your soul towards someone. We heard about the heart being the mind, the will, the emotions. Same sort of thing when you, you pour out your mind, your soul, your emotions towards someone in need. Or another version, when you furnish, when you provide someone. When you extend yourself outwardly beyond your own needs and wants. So often we are so conscious about ourselves. Do you know what? One of the things I love about Maud, when I speak to her and see her, she always asks, how's me and my family? Even if she's in pain. Even if she's in pain. She, she always extends herself. She always spends herself out of her own. What an encouragement to us all and a challenge to us all to be like Maud. God says, spend yourself. And do you know what? It does us good. When we spend ourselves outside of our own needs and wants, we actually feel good. We actually feel good when we meet the needs of others. God says, you'll be like a well-watered garden. In, in Isaiah 58, he says, uh, God says this, um, I will light, the light will rise in your darkness. Wow. Are you asking for direction at the moment? Are you seeking God for next steps or anything? Well, do you know what? God will illuminate your darkness and God will guide you as you spend yourself, as you reach out in action towards other people. Isn't that amazing? God says, um, I will guide you. God says, I will satisfy your needs. You're asking God for something and maybe it seems like the prayers are hitting the ceiling. Then just reflect, what are you doing to meet the needs of others? And I know in this room and people listening, there's so many people that are doing things for other people. But this challenge comes, what are we doing? What can we do more? God will meet our needs. God will strengthen you. Another promise that comes. The if and the then conditions of God. If we do this, then God will do that. God will cause light, illumination. He will guide. He will, he will guard us. He will strengthen us. He will satisfy our needs. Amazing things. And just a few practical things that maybe you're thinking, okay, Dave, I, I like that. You know, what, what can I do practically about that? Well, next time you see an image of, on the screen, just pause and ask God. You know, it's not, maybe you don't feel the emotion, but we don't have to feel the emotion to spend ourselves. I love, I've spoken a lot about finances before, but I love what God says in the Bible. God says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah? So we don't live by feelings. We live by God's word. And some, one of the keys to that is Put your money where you want your heart to be. If you see an image on TV and you think, God, I don't feel anything, but I just, maybe I should do something about it. Send some money in and pray. And you'll suddenly find your heart connecting with that cause and with that issue. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And as Christians here today, if we're a Christian, then we don't live by our feelings. We live by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Listen to Holy Spirit. Listen to Holy Spirit direct you and prompt you. 
all week this week, I've made a commitment. God, I want to live. I've got big tasks and big to-do lists and different things I'm doing. And I'm not getting through all the stuff that I should, half the stuff. But I said, God, this week, just, just show me where you want to focus on my time. And there's been lots of different interruptions, different things happening. But I've allowed God to lead me. And I believe by his Holy Spirit. Do the same. How can you spend yourself? Time and money. Two things that we can spend of ourselves. Two things that we have. Time and we have money. And here's some things. You know, practically serving on teams on a Sunday is a good way of spending yourself on others. You're serving. Um, cap life skills. We are so, so thrilled. On um, the 25th of September, we have got... Um, a guest speaker coming in to, to launch within the church our, our CAP Life Skills. And this will be starting community-wide on the 21st of October. Get a part of the team. Be a part of that. This is where we're teaching people uh, how to, you know, we're going to have lots of fun and we're engaging with the community. But teaching people how to, things like cook on a budget, how to manage their finances, you know, how to, you know, some basic life skills for those on caught in poverty and, and trapped in that. And, you know, one of the needs to this, we need someone that can help oversee. We want to feed these people. When they come, we want to have a great time of community time together, of, of laughter and create an atmosphere. But we need some help with someone that can help form a team with people to cook meals for that during that eight-week course. Maybe you could help us with that. Maybe you're good at, at cooking. You could maybe form a team that can help or get a roast together that can bring some meals onto that Cap Life Skills to feed the people that come. If you can, talk to me about it. That's you spending yourself, extending your soul with time and money. The night shelter. There are two night shelters. We'll tell you more about this over the coming weeks. But the one that's on our doorstep, they couldn't run a couple of Saturdays ago because they didn't have enough volunteers. That's night shelters for people that are either cooking food. If you want more information, Viv, um, Viv and Bev have been a part of that, cooking food. And people also stay overnight. Didn't talk to us. Find out more information about that. Food bank donations. We've got that. We've said it again the third time today. We've got that pot at the front of the church building there. Wouldn't it be good if we commit as a church that we're going to fill that up every single month? It's now been over a month since we launched that, and it's not full. That's not good enough, church. It's not good enough, is it? It's not good enough. When you extend your soul to the hungry, when you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, the Bible says... Now, we can't just fill it with anything, so look at the letters of what they need, but let's fill it once a month, one extra item. If we all did that, it would fill up in a, in a week. Yeah? So let's see in the next week if I can't phone Andy say, or, or, to come and pick it up. That would be amazing. Um, financial giving, we thank you genuinely for every donation that is given. And we thank you, everyone, that's been a part of the 90 Day Tithe Challenge and, and really putting God to the test in that. But don't stop. Keep doing it. Did you know that for us to run CAP Life Skills costs money? Costs money as we subscribe to CAP for this because they're front, we're, we're the frontline workers for them. It costs money. It costs um, £600 a year. So money that you give to the church in your giving will bless the poor. And the, the course is going to be very, very evangelistic. It's not just social action. It's going to be very evangelistic, very, in a very natural way. And we are believing for people to come to God. Isn't that good? So come on. Come on. There's things that where you can spend yourself, 
finances, giving of your time, um, buying of food, various things. And just imagine if we, here in this room today, people listening online, if we decided, do you know what? I'm not going to live by my emotions, my feelings. I'm going to live by my faith. Or even if we haven't yet got a relationship with Jesus Christ, we know what the right thing to do is. Because in us is this God-shaped hole. We know what the right thing to do is. If we act on our faith and we just extend our souls to other people, how this community could be transformed. Your relationships could be transformed if we literally took as face value what Jesus says, do to others as you'd have them do to you. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. If we took those words of Jesus and applied them, we could see this nation transformed. I promise you. As the church rises up, to be all who she can be, we can see this nation and the nation of the world transformed. Yeah? Come on. Let's play our part. Come on, let's rise to our feet. So before we move on, it's going to give us 30 seconds. Just ask God in your heart, God, what do you want me to do? As Mary said at the, at the wedding in Cana, whatever he says, do it. That's the kind of fast that God has chosen for us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.